0: My name is Cammy Peterson, and I'm a producer here at Winterhawk Podcasting. Eleven months ago, me and my friends, Zach and Austin, got our hands on a journal that horror writer Caleb Tibbs kept during the 1980s as he traveled around the country doing research for his third novel, The Corridor. Now, his publishing team at Authors' Choice have always been tight-lipped about his process, and as longtime fans, we thought it would be enlightening to make a podcast where we follow his path across the US and get a feel for what he experienced while developing his iconic stories. During the first month that Zack and Austin were on the road, they recorded their insights on a few mini-cassette tapes that they would send back to me for review and archiving, but none of them ever arrived. In the meantime, I made the guys give up their tape recorder and start just texting me voice memos with their phones. While compiling the first couple voice memos, I realized that they had inadvertently been collecting strange and uncanny stories from the people they were meeting on the road. Just as an experiment, I edited this first memo into a podcast episode, and I think I'll keep doing it as long as they keep sending them. So with that out of the way, Winterhawk Podcasting presents... Lower 48, Episode 1, Reflections.
1: thing, this thing rolling? I think so, it's moving. Okay. So. Hey Cammy, it's Zach and uh, I'm here with Austin. Hey Cammy. And uh, we just wanted to like give you a little update about what we're doing right now. Um, we're still working on the Tib stuff, so don't worry about that. But uh, we're currently driving down to Virginia, but we're stuck on the freeway, so we uh, we pulled off in West Virginia for the night.
2: Yeah, we're in this little town called Rock Cave. Yeah.
1: And we ended up staying at this real dumpy motel. The worst, you, you would hate it.
2: We got there super late, and we ended up having to chat with the night manager for a little bit.
1: Nice guy. Yeah,
2: very chatty. Very chatty. But he told us this crazy story from when he was a kid yeah. that I thought would be right up your alley, so I wrote it down here. Let me read it to you. This was told to us by Henry Williams of Rock Cave, West Virginia. In October of 1984, I had just turned 17 and was wasting away here in Rock Cave I had dropped out of school the year before I was counting the days until I could follow my brother into the army and finally escape from this place my parents didn't find out I had left school for over three months and when they did they flipped on me I honestly can't even believe I kept it a secret from them for so long my mom begged and begged me to go back but I refused my dad demanded that I get a job or he would kick me out there isn't a lot of work in Rock Cave, especially then, so the only thing I could find that first winter was a temporary position logging while the ground was frozen. It was the worst two months of my life. Every morning I got up at 4 a.m., had to ride 45 minutes out into the woods to the camp, and then spent 10 hours cutting downed logs with a chainsaw in the freezing cold. I saw some shit during that time, let me tell you. Some guys lost their fingers or toes, and not always to the saws. The worst thing was one guy whose leg was crushed by some machinery at the thigh. And when I say crushed, I mean crushed. His skin popped open and you could see bone fragments and the shredded meat that flayed out. He lived, but he lost that leg and his ability to work. That messed me up pretty bad. I wasn't too close when it happened, but the scream he let out. I didn't know a person could make a sound like that. I almost quit that day, but my dad's threat kept me going. By the end of the season, I had saved up a little cash, and my dad let me take my time finding new work. I think he was hoping that the experience would convince me to go back to school, but he should have known me better than that. After a couple of months, I eventually got a job working the overnight shift at the gas station just off of Route 20 south of town. It was a 20 minute ride through the hills of my bike to get there and back, which after my last commute felt like nothing. I worked from 10am to 6am, which screwed with my sleep schedule but made sure I didn't have to see my parents for more than two hours on any given day. I'd been doing this for over four months and I had really leaned into the routine. It was a dream come true after my last job. I only had to talk to maybe 10 people a day and usually for less than 30 seconds each. My boss even let me move a little TV VHS combo unit from the back office up to the front counter so I could watch movies during my shift. Life was finally good. I felt sheltered from everyone and everything that was trying to keep me chained down Just a few more months left, and I could finally join up like my brother. Plus, pretty much my only expense was the movie rentals I was picking up a couple times a week, so I'd saved up $900, which back then was nothing to sneeze at. Every night, things pretty much stayed the same. I'd start my shift behind the counter. A couple people might come in or need help, but mostly I was alone watching movies. Around 2 to 3.30 every night was what I called the dead zone, where absolutely no one would come in. It was my time to get the restocking done, have my lunch, and sneak a quick smoke in the back, not necessarily in that order. One night, I went into the back for a smoke during the dead zone, but right as I lit up, I heard the bell over the front door jingle. This had never happened before, so I quickly put out my cigarette and rushed to the front, coughing to clear the smoke from my lungs. I opened the door from the back and looked around to see Nothing. I scanned the aisles, but there was no one. I opened the heavy glass front door and leaned out. No cars in sight, nobody walking away. Maybe I had imagined the bell ringing. I stepped back and let the door swing shut in front of me. I looked at my reflection in the glass for a moment, studying who I had turned into in these past few months. Pasty and skinny, Would the army even take me like this? Then I saw it In the reflection over my shoulder at the very back of the store, I saw a man standing with his back to me, facing the displays on the back wall. I whirled around, shocked that I didn't see him when I came out of the storage area, but there was no one there. I looked back at the reflection in the door, but he was gone. I convinced myself I must have been seeing things. I had watched that Bill Paxton movie Mortuary during my shift the day before, so it must have just lingered in my mind. I finished up the night without any other incidents. But as I got on my bike to ride home, I couldn't help but feel like a weight was lifting off my shoulders the further I got from the gas station. It took a long time to fall asleep that morning. I just lay in bed staring at the ceiling. I heard my mom and dad get up and after a while leave for work. Eventually I dozed off and slipped into a strange dream. I was in a pure black void, the air swirling around me like a thick fog. In the distance, a single streak of light shone down on a door, standing alone in the darkness. I quickly started making my way towards the door. I'm not sure how, but with a dreamlike certainty, I knew that the only way to leave the void was through it. I had walked a little ways when I stopped abruptly. The hair on the back of my neck was standing straight up, and a slow, hollow feeling started eating at my gut. I could have sworn that I heard a ragged breath coming from the darkness behind me. For a moment i didn't move i strained my ears to pinpoint anything in the darkness around me but there was nothing except silence i started walking again this time more cautiously about 20 yards from the door my feet started sinking slightly into the floor it felt like i was walking through semi dried tar each step took more and more effort it was almost as if the void was trying to stop me from getting to the door the closer i got the more my feet sunk into the ground until finally I tried to take a step and my foot didn't come up with my leg. I fell forward and caught myself on my hands, feeling a cold, gooey substance squish between my fingers. From no more than five feet behind me, a wet footstep squished into the ground, echoing through the void. There was something behind me. My heart jumped into my throat, and a fear-induced adrenaline surged through me. I pushed forward and tore myself from the floor, lurching toward the door as fast as I possibly could. I could feel whatever it was behind me getting closer and closer but it was too late i had reached the door i grasped the handle and started turning it feeling the hope and relief fill my chest suddenly a hand reached out from the darkness and grabbed my right shoulder digging its fingers into the flesh under my collarbone i froze too scared to move door handle half turned i could feel its raspy breath on my left ear Then suddenly I was yanked backwards off my feet and into the darkness. I woke up drenched in sweat. It was 4pm. My whole body felt sore like I had actually been moving the entire 5 or so hours I had been asleep. Slowly I got out of bed and headed to the shower. I sat in the water for a long time until it changed from hot to freezing cold. I had movies that needed to be returned to the video store before my shift started. But after getting dressed, I just sat on the edge of my bed, unable to convince myself to move. Finally, I forced myself to leave for work, and by the time I got there, everything felt fine. I still felt exhausted, so I went to the back and stole a soda from our overstock storage area to sip on at the register. Everything seemed fine, so I let myself start to relax. I regretted not going to the video store and switching out my stock because I had nothing to watch while I sat alone behind the counter. At 2am, my dead zone officially started. I got up and took a quick look around the store to see what shelves needed restocking. I was just finishing up my list in the refrigerated section when the bell over the front door jingled. I looked up in surprise, but the door was still shut tight. No way it could have opened without me seeing. I glanced down at my watch, it was 2.22 exactly. I thought about the night before. I had started the dead zone by taking my break so the bell would have sounded about this time then, too. I glanced around, but I didn't see anybody. It's happening again, I thought to myself, and felt my anxiety start to rise, but I pushed it back down. It's nothing. Just ignore it. I wrote the last thing I needed on my restocking list and turned to get started. As I turned, I caught my reflection in the beverage case door. Across from me, at the other end of the store, was the man. The same man from the night before. I froze and stared. Like the previous night, his back was to me, but I noticed that he seemed a little bit closer than he had before. Trying not to move or make a sound, I slowly turned my head, away from the reflection, to look where he would be. Again, there was no one there. I snapped back to the reflection, but he was gone. I stood there for a moment, almost not breathing, just listening, but there was nothing to hear. Finally, I gave up and walked into the back. I tossed my list aside and just walked out the back door for a cigarette, just to calm my nerves. It ended up taking four, but after that, I felt like I could go back inside and keep working. When I got home after my shift, I went to bed, and to my surprise, I fell asleep almost immediately. It wasn't the peaceful sleep I had hoped for, though. I was back in the void could see the same door in the distance and after taking a moment to compose myself i started towards it i could hear the presence behind me again keeping pace with me it was the same all over again the thick air the floor giving me more and more resistance the panic in my chest rose but this time i managed to stay on my feet this time i could make it i should have known it was too good to be true i got two steps away from the door But before I could even start reaching out for the handle, the hand gripped my shoulder, digging its fingers into my skin and yanking me back into the darkness. I woke with a jolt, still in my bed, but with my sheets twisted around my legs. The next several nights were the same. At exactly 2.22 AM, the bell above the front door would ring. No matter how I tried to avoid it, somehow, within the next hour, I would see the man in a reflection, always behind me, always getting closer, always disappearing after I looked away it closed my eyes the fear I had initially felt was numbing into a dull resigned acceptance the dream was still haunting me as well every night was the same but with one slight change whatever was following me in the darkness was catching me faster and faster every evening when I woke up I knew it was hopeless I could never get to that door but as soon as I was in the dream, I only had one thought, one driving desire. Get to the door as quickly as possible. Eventually, I started trying not to fall asleep at all. It seemed better to me than going through the dream again. It didn't work though. No matter how much coffee I drank or how uncomfortable I tried to make myself, I would eventually doze off and find myself back in the void. One evening after I got out of the shower, my mom came in to tell me that the video store had called about my past due rentals. I hadn't really seen either of my parents since this all started, and I could tell that she was shocked by my appearance. I felt like I was going to drop dead from exhaustion, and I'm sure it showed. At her insistence, I finally stopped at the video store on my way to work and returned all the movies. On my way there, I decided that I wasn't going to let anything get to me tonight. I paid my late fees and rented several new movies, enough to take up my whole shift. When I got to the gas station, I did my normal routine, talked to the couple of people that came in, and at 11, started watching movies. I finished the first one and started the second, not even daring to look at my reflection in the small dome screen. Just over halfway through the second movie, the dead zone began. I was engrossed in the movie, so I wasn't totally aware of what time it was, until, at 2.22, the bell above the door jingled. I flinched, but didn't look up from the movie. I was determined. My heart started racing, but I forced myself to keep watching. For a while, it worked. Longer than I had ever been able to keep myself from looking at a reflection up until now. After what had to have been close to 40 minutes, I was feeling better. The moment had passed, everything was fine. Just as I was starting to relax, the lights in the store grew bright. I could hear the electricity sizzle. They flickered a few times, and then all the power in the store went dead. After a few moments of nothing but the sudden blackness, everything came back on as if nothing had happened. Everything, except for television. I hadn't dared to move during the short blackout, so I was still staring at the now blank screen, a screen that now showed my reflection. And standing in the reflection with his back to me, no more than a foot away, was the man. I yelled out and shoved the tv off the counter it fell to the floor and the screen shattered and i was alone i sat there for a couple of minutes before i had the nerve to stand up and start cleaning the mess i was done i knew now i couldn't hide from it and i didn't have the energy to run anymore when my shift ended i slowly rode my bike home knowing that i wouldn't get any rest that day after getting in bed i stared at the ceiling a long time not exactly fighting the sleep, but not willing to completely give in to it either. It didn't take long until I found myself swallowed up into the now familiar void. I stood in the darkness and stared at the door so far away. What was the point of even trying to get there Eventually, I forced myself to pick one foot up and set it down in front of me. But before I could even take another step, the hand grabbed my shoulder, yanking me hard off my feet only this time i didn't wake up i just fell through the tar-like ground and into nothingness falling i could feel the weightlessness the only thing of substance was the hand gripping my right shoulder i tried to scream but another hand came from behind me and gripped itself tight over my mouth not letting any sound out or any air in further and further i fell not being able to breathe I could feel myself blacking out, and I wondered what would happen if you lost consciousness while you were already in a dream. Before that could happen, I woke up. My left hand was covering my mouth and nose, suffocating me. I quickly let go and drew in several breaths of cool air, realizing for the first time in my life how delicious it felt and tasted. That night I went to work, not caring anymore. My legs felt heavy and every step felt labor. It was like I was back in the dream struggling through the tar-like floor. When the dead zone came around, I went and stood at the front door, just staring at my reflection. My thoughts were sluggish, incoherent. The bell jingled above my head and I blinked out of my stupor. I looked down at my watch, 2:22 a.m, exactly. I faced my reflection in the door, looked into my eyes for a moment, and blinked. The man was there. Standing so close to me our backs could be touching. My mind wanted to run, but my body wouldn't listen. Only thing I could do was close my eyes. I kept them closed so tight they started to hurt. Finally, I let them slowly open, thinking that now he would be gone, like before. But he wasn't. He was in the exact same spot behind me. But he had turned around so I could see his face. I don't remember what he looked like. I don't even remember if he had a mouth, nose, or ears. All I remember is his eyes. Deep black pits. Empty. The void. I felt like I was falling into them. His hand came up and grabbed my shoulder, squeezing it tight. I realized that not only could I feel the pain of his hand on my shoulder, but now I could see it, not just in the reflection. In my peripheral vision i could see his long pale fingers clutching at me i think that's what saved me the shock of seeing those fingers jolted through my body and i wrenched myself free from his grip i left almost half my shirt ripped off in his grasp but i was free i exploded through the door in front of me and ran sprinting for the full four miles that it took to get to my house before collapsing unconscious from exhaustion on the front porch That was the first time I had a dreamless sleep since this whole thing began. I never went back to the gas station again.
1: You know, I'm doing the math and I think that he's been working as the night manager for like 40 years. You're right, because he
2: said that's where he's been since then. That's crazy. So, So that means he never joined the military. And I was thinking about it last night after we talked with him. I thought you had to have a high school diploma to join the Army. Do you? And he said, I think so, and he said that he dropped out of high school to join the Army. So I looked it up, I Googled Mm -hmm. it, and from what I was able to find, the military changed their rules so that you had to have a
1: high school diploma like the year that he was talking, like the year this happened. (laughs) That's bad timing, Henry. So I think he got stuck here. Because he didn't have a high school diploma. I couldn't even imagine that. Oh, that sucks, but. <laughs> oh, Cammy, one other quick thing. So uh, on our way back to the highway, we decided to just take a little detour and go check out that gas station that he told us about. And it was really weird. When we got there, it looked like it was like frozen in time. Like, almost like it hadn't changed since the 80s.
2: Yeah, it must've shut down like right after
1: this happened. Yeah, and we kind of got out and started exploring it. And, one thing that I noticed was that all the reflective surfaces in the building were smashed.
2: Huh. That's true of any abandoned building.
1: I mean, you're right. It's the you're first
2: right, thing that happens. But like, you, you smash
1: all the windows. Yeah, I thought. It, I just thought it was like thematically interesting, you know? Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll talk to you later, Cammy. <laughs> Bye, Cammy.
0: Lower 48 is a production of Winterhawk Podcasting, written and presented by Zach Berry and Austin Meredith, with music by Tyra Orgel.